a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hymanson. And... Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, you might have heard of him. He's the author of The Pixar Theory, and he's also a co-host of Cinemaholics podcast. It's John Negroni. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Excited to talk about toasters. <laughs> uh, there's a first for everything, I guess. Yes. Can yeah. I interest you in a brand new toaster today, John? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John, just so to learn a little bit about you, can you tell us about your background and how you got started in this whole Pixar theorizing business? It is a business, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. I just wish there was money in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been like you mentioned. I I host a podcast about movies myself. We review films, and uh, part of that is all the Pixar stuff. I I write about Pixar on my blog johnagroni.com, and I love all the movies. I love animated movies. Uh, I love movies about inanimate objects coming to life. So this should be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I uh, I wrote the theory like. Gosh, it's been like five years now. It was like this blog post that came out about the Pixar movies being connected. It went viral. I got accused of being like a very stoned person with lots of free time. And <laughs> it's been fun ever since, you know, just kind of dealing with that. And uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a fun theory. It's a fun uh, exercise of imagination. With uh, I, I know I listened to your, your episode last week about Brave Little Toaster and the A113 Mm-hmm. Um, all that business. Yeah, I listened. I did. I heard everything oh, you said. Oh, <laughs> and, um, no, but yeah, finding all the Easter eggs and not just that, but like looking at like what the Pixar movies mean and kind of how if you compare them together, you can maybe find find a a narrative running through all of them, and it kind of makes them a little bit more interesting in some ways. So it's kind of where where I come from. Yeah. Okay. Great. And I know that, uh, you know, you have a whole book on this Pixar theory and anyone who doesn't know about it should go read at least the original blog post or the book and look into it more. But if you had to give just a super abridged overview of the Pixar theory and like kind of describe it in, you know, a couple paragraphs, how would you do that? Yeah, I would say the whole idea of it is... It's almost like really fun fan fiction of like putting all the movies together. So uh, like first for one instance, you take the movie Wally, right? So remember like Wally, all the robots or all the humans leave Earth and like what happens on the planet that entire time. Part of the theory is that that's when the cars exist in the cars movies. And there's like a distinction made between like there's cameos of like Toy Story, Toy Story characters and like the junk heaps and Wally. And there's this whole narrative of like the monsters are really in the future and they use doors to go back in time. And there's a whole story behind it of how it's all about like animals um, being as smart as humans. And even as I explain it, I can feel how insane it sounds. <laughs> but that's a selling point. Yeah. Um, it's apparently coherent enough that people get a real kick out of it, and uh, it's just kind of a fun way to link all the movies together. I think the, there's like a big twist in the theory that uh, a Pixar character from one movie is actually a character from another movie, and I I won't dare give it away here, but uh, BuzzFeed <laughs> called it a Shyamalan-esque twist, so what else do you know, you know? Oh my gosh, that's that's quite an achievement to be called a Shyamalan by BuzzFeed. <laughs> yeah. And now you know why I retired. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It gives us, it gives everybody who loves Pixar uh, a chance to dive into some like hypothetical mythology for well, the and, series, and, and just more stuff to talk about. Because, yeah, like, it's really you know, fun. There's stuff that we've gotten, you know, waiting in line <laughs> at places and arguing where we're just like, yeah, like all the like all the humans are dead and they were taken over by cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've I've literally said to people at Pixar. So I've been on Pixar's campus before, uh-huh. and uh, one of the I won't give away who he is, but he was one of the he worked on Inside Out, and uh, he was kind of kind of questioning the theory and stuff. And I was like, "Look, you guys don't make enough movies, and I get bored. So what do you want me to do?" <laughs> they they didn't appreciate that. Oh. <laughs> oh Render gosh. faster, Pixar. Yeah, seriously. Uh, well. As much as we love to talk about Pixar, we're talking about appliances today. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the Pixar prototype. Yes. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. 
Uh, we're talking about the first sequel in the Brave Little Toaster series that you might not know existed. <laughs> or that it's the first sequel. Yeah. Because there's some controversy on that. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, we're talking <laughs> We're talking Brave Little Toaster to the rescue. Has, has anyone seen this movie? No. Before like this I, episode? When you guys were talking about doing this for the podcast, I was like, that movie has sequels? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did it make you ask? They made how many of those? I... I, I I fell for the premise of our, our show, yes. Yeah. Nailed it. I thought I had seen it, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I have not. yeah, that's right. You were like, I've definitely seen, I have images in my head of the... It may the, be the third one that I've seen. I have no idea anymore at this point, <laughs> but uh, I may have just like made up fake memories in my mind about toasters and blankies. It was, your, it was your own fanfic about toasters It really was, yeah. So I did not know the plot of this movie. Robbing either, several actually. banks. Uh, John, had you ever seen uh, this movie, or what was your relationship with the series in general? Well, I had, I only knew about the Mars sequel. That okay. one I knew, because, I mean, how could you forget that there's a movie about a toaster that goes to fucking Mars? Um, but I, I, I remember watching the 1987 film, like, once or twice. I wasn't, I didn't really grow up with it, like a lot of you. I, I didn't have it, like, I didn't have the Disney Premium Channel, and, you know, you can't even get this thing on iTunes, so I don't, yeah. but, uh, to the rescue. No, I never saw that one either. Okay. Perfect. Well, if anyone out there is interested in hearing what it looks like, <laughs> I know that's a great sentence. Uh, here's the trailer. Disney presents the final chapter of the daring Brave Little Toaster. The Brave Little Toaster to the rescue. Toaster, his household pals, and their owner, Rob, his oldest and dearest friends, are on an incredible adventure to save their animal friends with the help of a supercomputer. Do something! I'll give it my best shot! But now, their adventure has turned into a race to the rescue. Heroic rescue effort leads to happy ending for all concerned. Bring home this all-new animated movie featuring five original songs. What a day to remember! Disney presents The Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue, coming in 1999. Collect all three Brave Little Toaster movies only on video. Check. Man, he's really to the rescue this time. (laughs) Saving all those animals. (laughs) So how'd you guys watch this movie this time? Uh, It was on Netflix. I bought the DVD, you guys. Wow. <laughs> You're a bad man. It has Sorry. a it has a, a story to screen. It has, like, it has some ramblings of somebody yeah. while things are happening. Does it actually have special features? It has one special feature where you can look at the um, storyboards and see how they compare to the cartoon. Ah, yeah. No okay. commentary or anything? No commentary. Wow. Bummer. <laughs> no, that's a shame. Um, Were they some pretty... pretty handsome looking storyboards the there? storyboards looked almost exactly the same as the final product so i was like wow okay good, good planning good planning um so this movie is on netflix in america right now so anyone listening can go watch it but if you're in the czech republic like i was when i was trying to watch this movie you cannot watch it unless you log on through a vpn through usc oh and then it's try on to open... youtube though right yeah, probably but there's so. only so much you yeah. can do on the train from munich to prague you know Ooh. i just gave up at some point dang that's how you spent your european vacation i tried yeah so of course I need to watch the brave as usual i ended up at the panera down the street before coming to justin's just like i always have to do with these movies so anyway awesome but yeah i too watched this right before we did this so okay good fresh in your your mind. mind Yeah, that's perfect. You'd think. I'm forgetting it as we go. So we gotta <laughs> Except, that's right. Uh, so the movie starts out in what I originally thought was like straight left off from the original film. Right. They're driving down the car, listening to another classic oldies. But it re-record. Turned, it, yeah. <laughs> so if he's so our, the master is now in veterinary school, which means that he's gone through at least what six years of college. Yeah, there's definitely like a time cut. You think right. it's right after the last uh, movie, but apparently he's like about to graduate college already. Yeah. Or grad school. Or grad school. Yeah, or whatever. Medical yeah. school. They don't really veterinary specify. Veterinary medical school. But no. they did say he was graduating a year early. Like he's a bit of a veterinary wonderkind, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clearly, he's putting that clinic in the best hands. Oh, he really is. Yeah. His, <laughs> yeah. his assistant who uh, has been repeating sophomore year since the Carter administration. Yeah. I think that's got, what she got fired she from him. the Aladdin movie for being too on the nose yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i could not believe that this assistant guy named mac was played by jay moore i was like 
I doing just a ridiculous accent or something because I was like, it didn't sound like him to me. But there's like uh. some surprising, like Andy Daly does a voice in this movie of Comedy Central's review, and he is hilarious and like, <laughs> was unrecognizable in this movie. Wait, which one was he's he? The snake, right? He's the snake. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Snake yeah. is probably the best character, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Murgatroyd. Murgatroyd. Uh-huh. Strange name. Uh. For uh, yeah, there's there's a point where he's climbing like he's there's a, like the very end of the movie where this snake is is uh, climbing up this dude as he's driving a truck oh, yeah. and uh, cloth animation is super solid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite part of that though is the dialogue. I'm going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they couldn't afford to animate it. It's just like if the, if somebody yells it, then we yeah. can see him doing it. So the animation of me going insane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was like, so one of the very first things that I noticed in this movie, because uh, I I remember uh, Elis, you oh yeah, calling you know it I'm out, talk about it, calling it out how uh, the girlfriend you <laughs> one of the main things you remember from the first movie is that the girlfriend was this like really cool ethnic girl, yes, and in this movie. They show her, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's been whitewashed. Yeah. She's, like, totally so white. so fucked up. Yeah. Like, she's I been totally whitewashed. Like, the, they even the, changed her eye color. Yes, the <laughs> Disney Wakia pointed out that they even changed her eye color. Ridiculous. Ugh, I was so Yeah, yeah, yeah. The home video market's not going to be able to deal with this diversity. <laughs> How dare they? No, I mean, so the voice actress, both of them, the one from the first movie, and then Jessica Tuck takes over for the next two, which I love her because she got her start on One Life to Live, of course, but like, she, <laughs> oh, they're course. both white. Yeah, and so still, though, they didn't have to like draw the character like several ethnicities he's lighter than she originally was I was yeah so I can see the emoji wheel you know that they were just yeah, scrolling yeah. all the way yeah. <laughs> it was disappointing I mean so she still has some of her weird quirky personality but at the same time she does kind of become that trope of like supportive girlfriend in a lot of ways like she gets mad at him but then she's like she immediately forgives him for no reason and, especially when yeah. he just breaks her fucking window for no reason yeah. <laughs> you got some explaining to do what was that about oh yeah, oh, yeah. they're like oh in case you in forgot words, she's hispanic <laughs> she's gonna reference ricky ricardo right now uh that yeah, was really because there's, this movie has hot up-to-date references of oh, jimmy God. carter and mm. ricky ricardo mm. yes yeah. yes no, like, even dated for 97. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also uh, get to learn that the master has a full name in this one. Ugh. Rob McGrorty. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's about right. Did we ever see his name in the phone book in the first one? I don't believe we did, and I think that he's named after the production manager of this oh, movie. Cool. So I don't that's know. That's weird. I tried to find out, of course, what Mark McGrody, the production manager, did after this, but he mysteriously disappeared on IMDb after 1997. Oh. So I was kind of like, did he die? They did took they him name the him after him? Like, I, I don't know what happened here. And then he was smushed. So <laughs> who knows? So uh, I went, I went through a crisis looking like through this, like doing some research for this movie because I noticed that Robert Ramirez directed this and the Mars one, mm-hmm. and I'm so frustrated because if this guy who directed the Brave Little Toaster sequel couldn't get a wikipedia page what hope does that give the rest of us i know it's pretty messed up we've had a couple writers on some of the sequels that don't have pages either and yeah absolutely <laughs> i guess they're just ghosts they don't exist that's, that's right. right um so this movie they're like okay we had one whole movie talking appliances people are probably bored of talking appliances <laughs> let's make it all about talking animals yeah you know what people love talking animals <laughs> yeah Let's introduce all the characters real quick. There was a part of me that was like, I'm really hoping that the entire production team of this went on to make Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, God. (laughs) That would be amazing. It was just like, we patented the idea, now we're moving forward. We're in development phase. Uh, so yeah, we've got a bunch of talking animals that are mostly ripoffs of animals from other Disney movies, like Maisie the Cat. Who is Alfre Woodard, but really just Duchess from the Aristocats? I was gonna say, look, even looks exactly like <laughs> she her. Looks exactly uh-huh. like her. Like they didn't even try. The and and yeah. then the Mexican dog Alberto looks exactly like um, Tito. Oliver's company. Tito? Yeah, Oliver, yeah, Oliver yeah, and Company. Yeah. yeah. The Which, snake uh, is obviously the snake from Jungle Book. Whatever much, the name. Yeah. 
And then I don't know who the old wizened monkey is, but he reminded me of somebody. I don't know. Yeah, actually, I, he kind of reminded me of Lotso, but that like just in personality. But anyway, what? Uh, uh, did become, I miss a deleted no, scene? No, no, no. He didn't, become, he didn't become evil, but just kind of the like I've been around and I, you know, oh, like okay. and you're all being nice to me because I'm so old and damaged or whatever. The wise veteran character. But uh, I, yeah. the me- the Mexican dog was played by uh, Danny Nucci, who's Fabrizio from Titanic. <laughs> you're not gonna see your mom for a long time. <laughs> like. I I don't know. I just love Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's never seen it. Still haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. I forgot yep. about that. I gave it away. Yeah. Fabrizio yeah. goes on the Titanic. <laughs> oh, Fabrizio's in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's not eclipsed by Billy Zane? That's incredible. No, everyone's eclipsed by Billy Zane. <laughs> Duh. Okay, we, sorry. We, we, Back we get, to toasters. <laughs> so we get introduced to all these animal characters, and we have Ratso, who's like, who I was like, He's like the voice of the audience in this, where he's like, "Oh, I oh, wrote all, that down in my notes." Yeah, all it you guys do is I'm go. Thinking. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "All you do is go on and on about the master." Oh boy, <laughs> what do you do? And then they're like, "Oh yeah, well, why don't we sing a whole song about the master oh, right God. now?" The songs in this movie—you thought the songs in the last movie were bad. Well, prepare for a whole no, new level. I thought the songs in the last movie were kind of okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So did I. I, I, I agree with you the junkyard like song being kind of okay. Yeah, in the last yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I like the junkyard one in the B movie one. I didn't like the first song. Oh man, I the had songs, the city of light stuck in my head. The for songs ages. in this movie like uh, go over the top into like insane ridiculousness for me. But that's why I like them. I don't exactly. know what you guys. Were talking I was about. like, I had more fun with these songs because I was like, what yeah. the fuck is oh, this? They're like, they're like, I, I went to, uh, off Broadway. I saw the Evil Dead musical, <laughs> and like the songs in this remind me of that. Where it's just like, like if you and I sat down, like, hey, let's write it. Let's have open up a six pack and let's write a musical tonight. That's yeah. how these songs come about. <laughs> you know, one of the things I love about this movie is it's already only an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yet you listen to this song, it does all of the exposition that they did clumsily right before. Right. <laughs> Like, man, here's Maisie, the cat who blah, 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 dry exposition. It's like, you could have just done it in the song. But, right. like, you just feel they were trying to stretch this thing as far as it could. Yeah, yeah it's a long hour and 14 minutes because it is redundant. And I, I, I love this song. I think it's called uh, What a Day to Remember. Ugh. And all the animals are, like, singing about, like... It's like, what a day to remember. Yeah, it kind of has the structure of like a camp song where yeah. you sing like a thing and then everybody comes in on the same exact verse. And, and I, I love, uh, I laughed so hard uh, that, so like each animal gets their little story like, and it all ends with them saying, the master comes scooping me up and I'm safe and warm or whatever. <laughs> and like, it goes through each animal and then it gets to the ape and he's like, I'd love to have my own verse, but I can't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then it goes right back into the chorus. <laughs> Again, six-pack musical tonight. <laughs> Did I miss something with this this ape, too? Because I feel like his whole thing gets set up, and then nothing happens later. Like... There are like four things that happen in the first twenty minutes and never get addressed again. Yeah, like, he's... why did the appliances never go to the dorm room? Like, that was never resolved. Yeah, and of all things, why did he take the lamp to his dorm room but not the blanket? Like, why this bothered need, why me so need, much. Why does he need a fucking you toaster sleep, at the clinic? <laughs> yeah, why does he need his toaster at the clinic but his lamp in his room? Well, this monkey gets so much exposition, and then the one thing that comes out of left field is that he knows how to use a goddamn computer. <laughs> not only into the internet. I, mean, I could buy that. Yeah, I mean, he monkey said, see, monkey do. He says it right oh, there. God, I hated it when he said that. <laughs> And then Ratso, to your point, is like, I knew he was going to say that. God. Also, yeah, that song, too, ends really awkwardly. It's like they hold up up to the camera a photo of the master and, like, the dog licks it. And then, like, there's a weird, like, extended pause before it fades to black and then the next thing. So he licks it and then it's just like. (laughs) Yeah, they really want you to sit with that moment, you know? Really. (laughs) It's like, that was a little too much time there yeah drinking the implications <laughs> yeah. oh man okay so the master is writing the last paragraph of his thesis which he has never saved uh freaking idiots backed up which yeah which we like and he loses it and we get a crazy rant from computers about how it's not their fault that he really should have saved this is like such 90 you know like hashtag 90s problems like if kids are watching this on netflix today they're probably like 
what the hell? Why didn't it just auto save? You know, like, like I, I'm, I'm concerned. Like they really could have padded out the runtime of this movie if they showed him ripping off the like the dot matrix sides of all the pages that he had to print. Because <laughs> 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 it was 162 pages, like it really just came off on a spool that he would have to. Oh my you know, god! And and you know he lost all that clip art that he put in there of adorable uh, puppies. You know. Uh, yeah, I love the the end of the scene too. Uh, Lampy is like arguing with the computers, and then um, he gets to, to do his own very Jim Halpert impersonation, where the computers are like, "We're not programmed for guilt." And then Lampy like looks at the camera like, "Really?" Me <laughs> mugging. He stares right at the. I was he like, does. "He's looking at me." What? I just can't believe that Lampy walks the like half a mile or whatever it is every day to get back from the clinic to the. He to the runs room. faster than a car, <laughs> and no, no one notices him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no external battery or anything. The whole movie, last right. previous movie, is negated. Yeah, no. Well, the, their relationship with power is incredibly strange. Yeah. Uh, like they, they could really have consulted with an electric engineer on these movies, but, especially this movie. Yeah, but they, like, they're, at some point they need batteries. Other times they don't need batteries. And it definitely they, got worse. At we'll, least last we'll time they had the, to the last sequence in terms of. Like the Skynet shit that's happening. <laughs> well, isn't it like literally like toward the end? Yeah, the supercomputer is like, oh, I just have to like really think and then I'm gonna fart you some power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like arcing electricity off of power lines. Everything miles goes in and away. out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. He's he... like the writers. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So true. So we get this song about the internet. Oh my that is God. so like it's where the film peaks. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is my favorite thing. It's like so ridiculous in how dated it is, but the fact that it's dated is sad because the reason it's so dated is because it's actually hopeful that the internet could be good. You won't be lonely <laughs> anymore. Yeah, <laughs> the internet makes sure that no one gets I left behind I was get or this forgotten. Without crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This, I, lo- I am gonna meet my true love in a chat room. I love, I love this one too because this is a song that happens to our characters. They didn't ask for this, like they're like it sprung on them. They're, they're, they're yeah, they're, they're uh, staring in shock at a monkey using a computer, and then they turn around and a bunch of computers with booze, yeah, kick open a the bunch door. Of cow computers. Were they printers? At least I don't know what they I, were. I, I have no what, idea. I have no idea. It looked what they like were, they had but discs. they had like like they had a CD-ROM and a floppy disk as tits in the front. <laughs> yeah. It was. But they were also a confused. gospel choir from Hercules. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they kicked down the door and just start singing. They're like, "What?" <laughs> Oh and I love this. I, I wrote down this uh, one lyric where they're like the computer. They're like the keyboard's connected to the hardware. The hardware's connected to the software, and everyone's connected to the way. <laughs> All these chords are going up in the sky. I was just like, I mean, I watched the movie by myself, and I was cracking up. It's insane. By the way, since you uh, mentioned Hercules. Uh, one of the computers, uh, Patty Edwards, was one of the muses in Hercules. And oh more importantly, God. she was Flotsam <laughs> and Jetsam in The Little Mermaid. Oh. I'm glad you said more importantly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that one lyric where it's like, the internet can make you smarter, but you need to be kinder. And I was yeah. like, yeah, all right. That's, right, That's yeah. prophetic. Like, the movie paused and was like, we're looking at you, Reddit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know who didn't watch this movie is Biz Stone. <laughs> Twitter reference that's probably dated. Like, oh my I'm going to be quiet now. Oh, God. <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, I stopped paying attention to this movie when all of the like chords like, came together to form a literal web. Web? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I was like, there's no way the movie can top this. Yeah. <laughs> Why and even? Blank, and Blanky gets like sucked into a fax machine and he gets like <laughs> printed out. Right. Like he's dancing. There's no mice trying to kill him, which makes this this <laughs> subpar movie. It is weird. I feel like it's after this song. Where Blanky gets like is gonna help the monkey fall asleep, and then like he's positioned on the monkey in such a way where he looks like he's suffocating. That him. was really awkward. I was yeah. like, I don't think I would want to sleep with a sentient blanket <laughs> wrapped around me. There's just so, the, with the addition now. of the animals, like <laughs> in a on like a, in like a serious way though. Like we don't get any of the character relationships between the appliances that were built in the first movie. Like Radio and Lampy are never together, so they can't really have their, you know, bickery thing that they used to have. And Blanky and Toaster don't really support each other cuz they're so concerned about the damn monkey and the rat and whoever else. But we do get that all 
objects of affection in your life can die. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's really the Not point. Not just die, trying. but commit suicide. 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 Indeed. Indeed. They I... can choose to end the utility to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think the toaster is even in this movie that much. Honestly. No, it's so sad. I, I paid attention. There is no point where this toaster is brave. <laughs> <laughs> or get, goes to the rescue? I think he I has like he's, one He's speech. a fan of the baseball team, the Braves. Is he he <laughs> delegates the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So we get this scene where, like, all of a sudden this computer is getting a virus and it's freaking the fuck out. Right. Uh, and it's, like, sh- trying not to show everybody what is on the computer. Right. Because they don't have access. <laughs> um, and we learned that uh, Mac has scheduled an animal deportation to the right, Tartarus Labs. apparently there is a lab that is paying for random animals to torture them. Ever see straight cash tied back again to Sebastian. It's dropped completely. Yeah. yeah, He has a line earlier in the movie, like where where he says like, Oh, don't worry. Your guys will never see that place. And I was like, we're going there later. (laughs) And we never do. Yeah. No. By the way, we didn't mention about Max super gross, like toxic masculinity of like, what's she doing with that nerd? She should be with me instead. And he like tries to hit on her. And I was like, Oh God, this is disgusting. Even his fantasy version of her is like, doesn't like him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, that's how he likes it. He goes her in his own fantasy. Yeah, you, I you did appreciate the bout of self awareness where he like says a super evil plan, which by the way nobody is able to like overhear him for some reason because he's <laughs> saying it like right in front of a bunch of characters. Right. Regardless, when he just just like I'm so bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm with this movie. Really Do whatever funny. you want from here on out. I'm so. Bad. I hope he sings a song about how bad he is because I didn't quite get it from him saying it aloud. There's so, <laughs> there's so many like lines that you could pick out of this movie that you're just like, did they mean to say that? <laughs> like there's a there's a line I wrote down too uh, when everyone is freaking out in the uh, lab about how they're gonna be uh, shipped off to some place and they're like, but I like it here. And then Ratso says, ah, eh, pipe down. Any hole is like any other hole. <laughs> And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Speaking of weirdly sexual, there's, there's a, point, a lot of sexual. There's, there's, uh, a, there's so many. <laughs> there's yeah. a point where this there's a supercomputer that yep. we're going to get into. Oh. Goes into this other computer. Yep. Oh, get and, into, all right. <laughs> and the computer yeah. is is narrating basically what is the digital hand job. But he's basically saying, Did you my memory down? banks are being stroked by an expert. Something is happening inside me, and I can't keep it in anymore. <laughs> uh, he starts with, whoa. That feels sort of <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if, if you're like, if you're sitting there going like, oh, they must just be misunderstanding this. There is sexy saxophone playing during this entire time that he's saying that. So they're definitely going for like, he's getting fucked right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that like these animators were like, you know how in all the Disney movies they put in like secret dicks and the word sex everywhere? We could do that too, right? Yeah. But then in a new way. <laughs> we don't have to be subtle it. about it at all. <laughs> and I like that the mouse is like, what's happening? <laughs> As he's explaining everything. That was a point where I like had to stop the movie and message you guys like, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> this computer fucks. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the supercomputer, uh, Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dolan Murphy uh-huh. is there to be old and broken down and curmudgeonly and he needs a tube a certain like discontinued tube to survive his song is the worst song it's really bad i was like what is this song even about i get that like half of the song is like about the weird virus monster is like talking about how how great it is going to be to kill him <laughs> and then the other half is like how he's like going out into the unknown or something it was very it's like strange. a weird reprise of the internet song but like more melancholy i, I don't yeah it's kind of terrifying because they do the chop and munch thing and they yeah. speed it up and right they're like trying to be kind of dark like the first movie was but it's just kind of off-putting it was very weird yeah also, it's just like a big giant card computer that you kind of don't care about because you met him two seconds before <laughs> and all the main none of the main characters in this movie really sing they all kind of talk sing yeah. and then this chorus comes in and goes like ah, you know but like the rest of it's all just talking wait 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 there's main characters in this well, movie you know, <laughs> principles named characters uh this this scene also when they meet uh Wittgenstein, um blinky gets his best line yes Wittgenstein's talking about how like 
oh, everything, uh, everything I touch gets this virus. Uh, and then um, he's like, oh, but you have to be online. And Blake is like, am I online? <laughs> <laughs> and that was another moment of laughter from, from me. I liked it when Wittgenstein said, uh, like, oh, man, I'm going to end up in the junkyard. And Blake, he was like, oh, no, you wouldn't like it in the junkyard. We've been there. <laughs> they I was bring like, it up twice. Yeah, I, so I'm thinking, are we going to the junkyard later? Yeah. No. Either Let's that or reuse these backgrounds. <laughs> they're clearly dealing with some major post-traumatic stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love the part where the radio said exactly what I was thinking because like the supercomputer guy is talking and talking and the radio is like I-, I don't know what you're talking about and I was like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right me too I, I, no, I, none I, of it's making sense, sense. <laughs> so yeah the radio and the rat go to get the extra tube and they come back and then they start bickering over who's going to get the credit and they break it which previously was the relationship that Radio and Lampy had, I think, in the prior movie. But this time they're like, oh, just put the rat instead. The tube breaks and then... Well, uh, they make a big deal about how rare this tube is. And then they just go, like, several feet away to find the tube. <laughs> well, the real reason they say the name of the tube so many times is because of the initials and birthday of the writer, Willard F. Carroll. Right. So mm-hmm. he just wanted everyone really, really to know his birthday. Yeah, that's and how stupid. old he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they break it and they fuck it up, and then the radio has to kill himself to. He has he, to pull a gurgi. He stops yeah. talking and just like walks behind some boxes, and it's like <laughs> it's just so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> He's just hanging off the side of the boxes, dead. Yeah. <laughs> Like All a of a sudden, coil like coming out. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone's like, "What happened?" And you just see like the tube come rolling at them, and they're like, "Oh my god!" By the way, have we talked about how this radio oh, is death of their friend? They just yeah. get over it like yeah. this. immediately. He's this... been the rock of this group for decades, <laughs> entertaining them when they've been bored as shit. And they're all just like, "All right, well, moving on." It's not brave toast. Should be a brave little Cold. radio. Yeah. Uh, have we discussed how this radio is decidedly not John Lovitz, by the way? Oh, it's yeah. not. It's really not. Sorely missed. This is annoying, though. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's like a good, it's both good and bad. Yeah. Because you're like, wait a minute, that's not John Lovitz. And then you're like, wait, is that good, though? Is that, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure, but it's definitely not him. So then uh, they all turn to the uh, supercomputer victim sign and say, do your best because now you've got radio's best inside of you. <laughs> nice. Another line where I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and then we get this uh, great montage of, uh, yeah, Wittgenstein, uh, like, shitting out a bunch of electricity <laughs> to different locations. Also, like, how is it, like, he gets this one tube and then glass starts regenerating inside of him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, and it he stops can, the virus out of nowhere. Well, he is a supercomputer. Yeah, he so. can regenerate tubes. <laughs> apparently, that's like if if he can like regenerate matter, then like humanity is saved. Yeah. Like fuck the fuck the master's paper. Also, that educational song told us all about the differences between hardware and software, and then all of a sudden, this piece of hardware is able to destroy all this like bad software. Yeah, and it's like they have modems in this. Movie. Is that what was happening? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the sure. one bulb killed the virus, which I'm assuming is a software. I thought the virus was little, like, spiky it's green goblins of electricity. Yeah. Uh. They never really explained where yeah. the virus came from. But also the virus is the common cold. Because he's sneezing, sure. and, like, and it's a physical manifestation. You can't think about it. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then at one point he says a line, like, who says there's no cure for the common cold? Like, <laughs> not you, because that's not what you had. Yeah. <laughs> You German supercomputer? <laughs> I was like, I think uh, part of this movie is like super anti-technology. <laughs> yes, it is. Because the supercomputer song is all about how he was getting replaced by the evil transistor. Yeah, it's kind of like the like the old first new like like cherish like your old belongings type of thing. But at the same time, the movie is fetishizing tech not technology. Like it's, it's confused, all about yeah yeah. But then why are there animals in this? Like it, yeah. It doesn't... <laughs> yeah. And the weirdest thing about that too is like earlier in the movie. Um, they're like the, he thinks like he talked to me like I there was no difference between me and him like the I think Sebastian is saying that and I was like okay well there's no difference between animals and humans how come animals can talk to appliances and humans can't <laughs> that's right yeah there's lots of weird stuff I was like why did they end up making him a veterinarian because 
uh, like in the first movie, it seemed like he was super like Mr. Mr. Fixic and, and all into technology and fixing old things. I didn't think he was going to be like, I want to work with animals. This movie yeah, is full this of characters like IT, happens. you know, for he's yeah. on a squad at Best Buy. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. But then when he, there's a computer problem, they have to call this other dude that's basically <laughs> looks like the master and is a nerd, except he's like a little bit blonder and he's like even nerdier than <laughs> he, him. He has the best line. He does. I know you're getting to yeah. it. Uh, there's Get it in the backup. We're, we're, yeah, we're putting the backup, and they're gonna like we could probably replace his his things to make him a museum. And he's like, "Yeah, boy, yes, yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Yeah, boy, why?" <laughs> he was, was so like, improving that in the studio. I was like, "How do you want to respond to it, Eddie Deason?" Well, <laughs> yeah, boy, <laughs> yeah, boy. Also, can like, we wrap like, this up? I got a Dexter's Laboratory audition. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe he said that. Yeah, boy. Also, Chris is an expert on old computers now, as well as old cars. Right. So. Well, she's the science major, obviously. Did they ever say what she was doing? No. No. She's just there to kind of follow him around. She and was like, excited yeah. about the science you know, museum. You know, Get her window broken. And yeah. she obviously lives in an all-girls dorm because he had to break that window. But he doesn't... Like, she came into his dorm earlier, so... I don't even know. She breaks her window. window. Yeah. <laughs> a bigger deal to her. She's like, you got some explaining to do. No, I'd be like bitch slapping him. Yeah. What are you thinking? You Use can't ditch door. me and then break my shit. Well, it's not even hers. She's probably going to be fined up the butt for that. It was a university Don't building. think about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's the worst boyfriend for so many reasons. She literally is like, she's literally like, I forgive you, by the way. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, my problems are really, really bad right now. <laughs> well, he's I like, guess like next to that Mac guy, Rob seems like a, you sure. know, just amazing. Yeah, sure. The whole thing was like, he couldn't remember what anniversary it was. And I was like, how many fucking anniversaries could it be, right. dude? <laughs> well, it did end up being this really obscure one that like that's true i guess like, i would actually get upset about it's like oh right. the first time we got ice cream at this very specific location like what- <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's true so maybe she's crazy i don't know yeah I'm she sorry. goes from Hallmark being cool didn't make a card for that <laughs> she goes back and forth from scene to scene from being like a cool girlfriend to being like a nag and it's like make a decision no he's P- stick with one stereotype throughout the movie no he does but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know. Uh, Anyways, there's this whole uh, Toy Story wannabe truck sequence. There's an epic car Well, chase. it reminded me of Finding Dory, actually. I was like, oh, oh did yeah. I that off? Totally. You're right. I didn't think about that. True. I I, I, th- I was thinking Toy Story because when they fly into the back of the truck at the end, oh, she was yeah. like, but yeah. yes, Finding Dory for sure. So yeah, they're, they're, they're chasing them because they get a cart and the supercomputer's farting out electricity <laughs> and then shooting, because now they need the battery. Which is wildly It's like a callback to the first yeah. movie. They're and, like, let's and get on that same car they're, as last time. They're chasing a car at speed, like 60 miles an hour, and getting arcing electricity from the power lines as Kirby is dragging them, doing, I guess, because that's the only thing he can do. Because mm-hmm. he can't do kitty litter. Uh, <laughs> that's and... I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> That was gross. That was like a weird scene too, because he's like suffocating, and it's like this really <laughs> claustrophobic moment. I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" <laughs> also, he we didn't talk about how he had like a nervous breakdown and attacked Mac, and then Mac just like put him in the closet. But if a yeah, vacuum Mac attacks you, question for a second, yeah. that a vacuum tried to kill him. He's like, huh, "Glad that's taken care of." Like, yeah. <laughs> he says something like, "Stuff's getting all bonkers in here," or something like that. Oh, totally nuts. But okay, um, so in this car chase scene. The the toaster and everyone is seen by people multiple times. Yeah. They even call out to the master as they drive by. Blanky's like, hi, master. And the master hears him. Yeah, he's like, what? So we have confirmation that the appliances can talk and be heard to heard by humans. Sorry. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's not the words. Yeah. Isn't that so they like, should yeah. have rights. Let's get legislation in front of the senators now. <laughs> My favorite thing like- this is when the snake falls out of his cage and they're like, Are you okay? And he's like, I just don't like having my cage rattled. <laughs> I, just I just appreciate the work that went into that line. It didn't work, like execution. It like it does it's not funny. But like you really have to think to get that one. I, I think like the same thing happens when the monkey I, I even I don't even remember what the fucking circumstance was, but he was like, Luck. And a blanket was with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's when they, like, crashed the car. Tank. Like, I spit <laughs> yeah. out my water when I was watching this. It's when they crashed the car and, like, yeah, the blanket, like, saves his life or whatever. Dumb monkey. Yeah. 
We get another death scene. <laughs> the cat has died. <laughs> They're like, everyone's fine. And then you see like the, Maisie's paw just hanging out from sure. a pile it's of boxes. So <laughs> It's not a toaster movie unless at least two characters die yeah, yeah, and I yeah. come back to life. But then Thankfully, no one in this movie was like, they're killing me. Yeah. They drag her body out <laughs> from underneath the boxes. And <laughs> the, the, her face is like eyes closed, sad face, dead face. Um, and then her kittens come up and start like licking her face. And then she just like opens her eyes and like has this insane smile like, I'm alive. <laughs> Lion King was gonna do halfway through. Yeah. yeah, it just I thought that looked real. It was a really funny image too. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the supercomputer spits the thesis back into the printer, and the whole thesis, which was like what he said, six hundred pages or something, prints out, and he goes to the yeah. printer. And he's like, my thesis, like, cool. yay! <laughs> and then he throws all the pages yeah. into the air. Yeah. I was like, what the yeah. fuck are you? Fucking rat. I hate Rob so no. much in this movie. Yeah. They do everything for this guy. And what does he do? He throws the papers up into the... Uh. Yeah, he's a dick to his girlfriend the entire time because he's so sad about this paper and then just throws them around. Although it does make me think this movie has a weird thing about chores and messes because when they, the movie starts at the clinic and it is fucking trashed. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we had a party from the Dobermans. And then they do a whole fucking song about how they're doing the chores and cleaning it. And they end the song by throwing a bunch of confetti in the yeah. air. <laughs> that pissed me off, too. Isn't that how you guys clean your rooms? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, kind of, but not uh-huh. on purpose. Oh, Spick man. Spick and span with a layer of confetti. <laughs> and I did love, uh, there's a couple of hilarious things with the master and the appliances. Like, when they catch up to the... Uh, they catch up to the truck and he's like looking at all this stuff there. Chris is like, hey, look, they also stole all your stuff. And he's like, yeah, but where's the radio? Like, <laughs> like he would know like back there, Rob. Yeah. And also, why, did the, why is the lamp from my dorm room here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and later they on, they also went yeah. to your dorm room, just took your lamp. <laughs> Yeah, and then later on, <laughs> later on at the end of the episode, spoiler alert: uh, Chris uh, and the master are going to get married. Yeah, uh-huh. in the lamest proposal ever. Yeah, she's even like, really that excited. Dorm room now. Yeah, and he's like, they're they're like talking about getting a house, and he's like, we have everything we need: a toaster, a vacuum. Her response. Her response. I'd love to marry you. It'll be so domestic. Yeah. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Even though I just got my college degree yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does it even mean? <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be boring. Yeah. And she Weird. says it while she's smiling. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, also, honey. We've got everything rats, we need. Right? I guess. Yes. Yeah. In the Mars movie, because if he's not, confirmation that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he better be in the Mars movie. We'll find out. We'll find it's out. part of the theory. Retso's dead. They oh, pack, no, no. Yeah, they pack everything back into that car very unsecurely with yeah. the trunk open as they drive off. I'm like, that rat is going to just bounce right out of there. That's probably <laughs> so he how glasses. he dies. But I love when um, there. It's like a little while before this, but like. The mouse gets yanked or something, and I just wrote this out. Yow, for corn's sake. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would a mouse say corn? <laughs> what, does it worship corn? Yeah. It's just a big fan of the band corn. <laughs> oh, God. okay. Actually, in that sense. And then they sing a big lame song at the end about hanging in there, kid. Yeah. And in the song, they all like pretend to die again and then get saved. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they're like, like a, they're, they become angels they and halos. ascend to heaven. <laughs> Appliance heaven. Confirmed. This was hilarious because I had to I had to stop the movie uh, for a second to go somewhere, and I was like, I was like, was it anywhere else? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stopped it at the point where they're like, all right, we're going to go get a house. And I was like, man, they're really wrapping things up. This must be the end. I'll yeah. just pause it. And I paused it and look, and I'm like, there's still 10 minutes left? <laughs> How are there 10 minutes left? The credits can't be that long. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's another song. Great. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Toaster Heaven. 
we get to see that like all the animals went off and had babies or sure. or the snake had a well, kid. Well, they do that thing where he he explains to the cat or Chris explains like and yep, good oh, homes yeah. for everybody and it's like position dump. Like, Rob yeah. is some dude with short-term memory loss. He like explains <laughs> like and and Maisie went over to this place and then it's like, dude, I know. Oh god. So I ended my note saying People saw the appliances alive in this movie. The end. Yeah. <laughs> the world is forever changed. Yeah. yeah, Christopher <laughs> Robin, lives are Sid from up. Toy Story situation. It's just like in the Winnie the Pooh movie where yeah. people saw poo yeah. walking around. <laughs> anyway. I, the best thing that epitomizes this entire movie is the first shot which is just his license plate, which says love animals. That's all you needed. All you needed was like, oh, he loves animals. But then it pans over to say save the whales. It's like, okay, movie, I know. I know he loves animals. Why do you have to bring politics into this? And marine biology. God damn. Oh, man. So do we want to rate this movie, or should we connect it to Pixar first? Um, oh I no, think... we're gonna, like, we should we should get a rating in there. Yeah. Okay. I was. Uh, wait, well, do you got one? I was gonna say how many? Yeah, boys <laughs> out of ten do you want to give this movie? <laughs> I think that's a good one. I think I think that's fine. I'm gonna give this movie two. Yeah, boys. Oh wow. Oh okay. I I thought it was pretty grim, and <laughs> uh, I I agree. Like anything that's double feeding me exposition is something that. I, I can't deal with. <laughs> okay. I wanted to go uh, really low on this movie, but I think I'm going to give it a three. That is <laughs> so, low. So you did. Well, I was going to say like one. Okay. Oh my bad. God. But I wanted to give it a three because of the sheer ridiculousness of sure. the movie. And I had, I like, I didn't laugh once during the sad, traumatic movie. That when that toaster was trying to kill himself. Brave little toaster. Yeah. Um, but this one, I had some genuine laughs because of the insanity of some of the music <laughs> and just like the the computer sex scene. I mean, you guys got to see this movie. <laughs> There's some crazy shit going on. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. I'm going to give it uh, four. Yeah, boys. <laughs> Which is I lower than I had originally intended, but you've talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because I was like trying to think of questions that we should ask John. So I was thinking about this really super high level. And so I kept thinking about Pixar things and connecting it, which made me think this movie was better than it is. But now you've reminded me that it's really not. So I'll give it four. <laughs> what about you, John? Um, I should probably say the first movie, because I, I never really said what I, what I thought about the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I really like the first one. I think that it's – I do like how dark and weird it is. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it's just, it's an okay movie, it's like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. But what I appreciate about it is like you just feel the effort that went into it. Like it's <laughs> such a weird premise and it shouldn't – it shouldn't be as dynamic as it is. But it, it actually is like really entertaining and like I, I actually really dig like a lot of the imagination that went into it. For this one, it's such a different movie because it's – to me, it's brilliantly bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so – like you kind of said it. It's so entertaining in its badness. And I actually do think it, it does have an energy to it and it's graciously short. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually kind of had – I kind of had a breeze watching it and, and even though it is really contained, it is weird because the first one, you go all over the place. Like it's a cross-country journey and yeah. this one is just a couple of set pieces, really not much to it. But uh, I, I actually, I, I'm going with a five out of t- five uh, subplots that don't get resolved out of ten. <laughs> nice, nice. All nice. right. Um, so bringing it all back together to your Pixar theory, and we talked a little bit about this in our first Brave Little Toaster episode, which if anyone hasn't heard, you should go back and listen to it. We had Allison C on. Um, so in your Pixar theory, you talk about how several of the films include kind of inanimate objects that come to life and how the emotions and the personalities of the owners are imbued onto the objects. Can you talk about that? And if, and how does Brave Little Toaster fit into that in your opinion? Well, you really don't get that impression of like the personalities being imbued on the like inanimate objects. You really don't get that in Brave Little Toaster because these characters are so specific in their like insecurities and abandonment issues, and maybe rightfully so. Um, 
I, there was like that whole part toward the beginning where Ratso's like, why are you guys so insecure? It's like, well, I don't know, dude. Maybe because they were abandoned for like decades or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, it, it, I, I think this is so different because I think we can agree that the the Pixar movies that deal with these same ideas do it so much better because like they really tap into the nostalgia of it better and they don't they ask the right questions like it really is sort of like these toys sort of exist to like represent our childhood and it's a little bit more of like passing them on to the next generation whereas like these movies they bring up like like in this one it's like oh the appliances exist and they've outlived their usefulness so why even have them and that just never gets reckoned with in any way. So there's no like intellectual analysis that you can put into this. You really just sort of look at these really unfortunate, almost Shakespearean tragic characters who are beholden to the whims of a dick who doesn't really care about, he cares about them in the weirdest way. Like he, he cares about this. Like, I've had these since I was a kid. It's like, well, dude, like, I don't know. Like, imagine if, like, Andy from Toy Story 3 did keep his toys into college. I think that weird progression is the same thing we'd be seeing, like, with Rob, where he just refuses to let go of his toaster. Like, none of it. Yeah. It just it, there's no connection there. It's like who connects with the toaster? It's like it's like the stuff that you leave at your parents' house, and every time you go back to visit, they're like, "Can we throw these away?" But you say like, "No, but I had this since I was a yeah, kid." Yeah, like, I, we, I, we I, see a random assortment of items, and you're like, "Where's the radio?" Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no merit to it. There's no connection. There's no story there. I guess like the thing that I did like about the first movie that this movie doesn't really have is like a commentary on planned obsolescence uh planned obsolescence yeah. you brought it up it's like sometimes like the things that you do already have like you don't need to get the newest brand thing like you can just keep what you have and like appreciate your belongings and don't be a hoarder you know i would love to see the brave little toaster where they visit a hoarder that would be <laughs> like turn it into like a reality show or something like we that. We have the best master. He keeps all of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's a utopia. <laughs> so yeah, no, there's nothing really. They're just inanimate objects. It really is like a prototype. It's like you can just sort of tell they didn't they didn't have it yet. <laughs> and right. I really, I'm really glad that they people kept trying this premise out in other ways i did think it's funny because uh rob's thesis is like the hidden lives of animals uh-huh. and i was like you mean the secret life of pets You make a really good point. Like, what the movie does is it unearths these points that could lead to a deeper truth. Like, the little bit one, a little bit like the first one where it talks about plant obsolescence, but then it gets distracted by its own subplots and then just digs up something else where it's like, oh, like we unearthed that, like, fine, cool. And then, other thing, like, what about, aren't, aren't these, isn't this cat sad? <laughs> like, why did the radio have to bicker with the rat? rat. Yeah. Well, there's nothing in that theme that informs anything else. It's just the radio and the rat decided to be dicks for a second. Okay. Well, you know how you want to impress German supercomputers. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. So, I mean, we talked about how John Lasseter actually acquired the rights to this story for Disney before, you know, leaving. And then so many of the same ideas from really both of these movies ended up in so many Pixar movies, especially the three toy stories and that first toaster movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, do we actually think that John Lasseter was just like, yeah, I'm pissed. I didn't get to do that. So I'm going to put it here. Or like, I don't know. You've met people at, at Pixar. What do you, do you think that there was actually any inspiration drawn from this? Uh, I have nothing good to say about John Lasseter at this point. (laughs) Well, I have have met him. And he, he is sort of like the, for me, like just sort of like a fallen hero kind of yeah. person. And uh, I, I I totally buy into that idea. There are urban legends out there that part of the reason he got fired is because when part of like when he was pitching this and that other when he was working on the spirit with uh, Brad Bird, he apparently really offended certain people at Disney. Um, um, he was a young dude. And I think he was kind of a hot. I, these are urban legends. And, yes, you know, yeah. just what I've heard is like, apparently he said kind of disrespectful things to the wrong people. And it's part of why he got fired. Not just that they rejected his idea or like the ambition. I think part of it was like, he saw the value in like these CGI backgrounds, right? Like you brought that up. 
And they were like, that's too expensive. Like that doesn't, that's not feasible. Technology's not there yet. And I think that he sort of insulted people. That's what the rumors say of like, he was just so insistent on like doing this thing with a brave little toaster. So I do sort of see like, you can speculate for sure that he was like, I could do this better. And like, I think you can't really blame him because not even like Disney, not even Hyperion pictures, like they put effort in the first brave little toaster, but you really feel like Disney just never has, has never really felt like confidence in this property or this franchise. Like they've just distanced themselves away from it so much that it it is just sort of the reality that they would eventually go on to do the toy story movie. And it really informs like if anyone's fascinated in like the making of toy story, you start with brave little toaster because the way that Disney really was like making Pixar or the animators of Pixar, like making their lives hell has a lot to do with the brave little toaster and how all that went down. Yeah. (laughs) So just in wild theorizing, what do any of us think would have happened if John Lasseter had actually succeeded in making Brave Little Toaster for Disney with CG backgrounds and somehow we had never gotten Toy Story because it it would have been too similar? Brother Bear would have got some dope CG backgrounds. Yeah, like (laughs) what world would we be living in now? I don't know. Things could be further along maybe. I don't know. Or not. Or not. Could have gone terribly, horribly wrong. I honestly think the movie wouldn't exist. I, yeah. I think that they would have spent too much money and they wouldn't have cut the budget in time and they would have just canceled it at one point because yeah. they wouldn't have been able to finish it. There's no way Disney would have spent the money necessary. And like we we already know that they cut the budget like what by to its third. Mm-hmm. So it just wouldn't exist. And I think Toy Story might still exist, but you know. Yeah. Who's used to say. Or or if Disney, you know, spent that much money, it could have set back CG animation for a while, though. Mm-hmm. Lucas and them probably pushing yeah. forward regardless. Um, was it was it the first CGI background that they really did with like Beauty and the Beast, and that was like five years later, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or four. What was that ninety? I think Great Mouse Detective 91. and Rescuers Down Under. Have oh, a that's bit here right. Yeah, you're right. The Down Under scene with the the hawk has some CGI yeah. to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then I have three really really crazy theory questions because i know you like to do these things on your blog and stuff and just go way out there (laughs) do we think that there's anything with the fact that both andy and rob have absent fathers (laughs) (laughs) well i think the big difference between andy and rob is that andy has a single mother who is killing it yes (laughs) and who raised her son not to be a big proposes to his girlfriend in his dorm room (laughs) rob i i don't know what rob's deal is i don't know what his problem is i don't know why he doesn't seem to understand he's creepy you know where they're driving (laughs) and all of a sudden he smooches chris on the cheek and even she is just sort of like what am i doing there (laughs) um it's strange and i think i think I think it's safe to say that Rob was behind her, you know, kind of staying indoors for a while, not getting the vitamin D she needed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so if the appliances don't represent, uh, like, ideas the way that the Toy Story toys and the cars do, could they possibly represent Rob's emotions more like the Inside Out characters? (laughs) Like, could Blanky be, like, his... His uh, fear and Kirby's the anger and Toaster's joy or whatever. Definitely not. (laughs) Honestly, the because like think about it, the appliances never spend time with Rob. The closest thing we get to this is Rob sees his reflection in the toaster and it reminds him of when he was a kid. It's a, a cute little callback to the first movie, sure, but. Really, the characters, and I do think the characters are interestingly drawn from the first film to be sort of, you guys, you guys touched on this, like the lamp is dim and the curmudgeonly vacuum cleaner is upright. The toaster is warm and reflective. Uh, all of that, and the blanket, you know, is like a security blanket or whatever. Yeah. All, all of that is fine. It's like, it's the same sort of like shape and color language that we see in lots of animated films. It's, it's why we love, we subconsciously, understand the characters in up you know like where that's pretty famously like the square shaped carl and the round shaped 
Russell and then in Inside Out, the emotions like joy is a star and anger is a piece of charcoal, you know, that kind of thing. It's the same concept in Brave Little Toaster. Like there is effort put into it to make these characters their own thing. But I just don't think you have to give them a little bit of slack because I don't think they were. I, I do think like those Pixar movies are a bit ahead of their time. And this was like really the first bout of really like they were adapting a novel you know, like they kind of were going off of Thomas Dish's ideas. And I don't think he had ideas that were that profound yet, even though I do think as far as I know, the first Brave Little Toaster is a lot different from the novel. I've never mm-hmm. read it, but yeah. I mean, apparently like they changed all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Not surprised. Okay. Well, was there any other things that you want to say about this movie uh, or Brave I, Little Toaster? I had one other quick question for you, John. Um, last week you wrote uh, an article for Relevant mm-hmm. uh, titled Three Grown-Up Lessons We Can Learn From Kids Movies. Uh, <laughs> it's been on my Twitter. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and so I'm not talking about the first Brave Little Toaster here because we already talked about that movie. There's plenty of grown-up lessons we can learn from that. But I'm curious if you think that <laughs> we can learn any grown-up lessons from Brave Little Toaster to the rescue. Oh, gosh. Uh, we kind of talked about this with the internet song, <laughs> but yep. there, I do think that there is some optimism of like, Hey, you're using the internet wrong. <laughs> and like <laughs> you, there is a little bit of inspiration in there. And it's like, Oh, you, you know, you can know what she knows and she can know what you know. And like, there is something to that. Like, I, I know it was like bleakly optimistic and <laughs> yeah. obviously it didn't pan out that way, but I, I do think that. I did appreciate like they were going for something there and like I, I until they got to the stuff where like a virus is the common cold when they were talking <laughs> about the basic things of, like this is how the internet works like when uh Victenstein or whatever his name is when they were explaining how all this stuff works I, I do think it was like a simple like kid-friendly way to explain the internet but yeah. for its time in the late 90s we have to remember like not even the late 90s like what 97 yeah. like mm-hmm. the internet was still pretty fresh Mm-hmm. And people like I, I still think people have a hard time explaining what the Internet literally actually is. And I do give this movie credit to an extent for simplifying it. And it is sort of like an accessible like here's what the Internet is. You know, here's the difference between hardware and software plugging in. Uh, don't forget to save. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. That's a very grown up lesson. People need to. Learn, so. uh-huh, uh-huh. I think but I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. To animals. Yeah. yeah. By the way, when they re-release this, the remaster of this movie, they need to use your quote on the front cover. Bleakly optimistic. John Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be right there uh, with yeah. Peter Travers and whoever else gets the quotes on the front. John Agroni calls it bl- brilliantly flat. I can't even say it. Bad. That's right. Well, this right. has been a good time at yes. the movies. At the, yeah, at the veterinary clinic. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about where people can follow you and uh, whatever else is out there of yours that they can look up? Too much stuff. I never stop. Um, Johnagurney.com. On Twitter, I'm at Johnagurney. Just look up my name. No H in John. Uh, I've got a few books, as you mentioned. I've got the Pixar Theory book. I've got a book called Killer Joy that's a sci-fi fantasy and a sequel coming out next year. And I got a podcast as well um, where we review the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online. And that podcast is called Cinemaholics. And we have an episode out right now about the new show on Netflix, Maniac and uh, Smallfoot. And I did an interview with Carrie Kirkpatrick, the director of Smallfoot. And we talked about all kinds of fun stuff. So you can check that out. It will not be a waste of your time like Brave Little Toaster Goes to the Rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, John, thank you so much for being with us uh, today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And really fun. Yeah, thanks for putting up with me. I mean, having me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next week, we will be back talking about Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Indeed. I mean, if you thought this one was crazy, I haven't seen the next one, but he goes to Mars, you guys. You got to come back because I don't even... I can't even figure out how Elon Musk is going to be involved in this. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 
So yes, please listen for that next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sequel Rights, and email us your ideas because that's, that's the last one for Brave Little Toaster. So we need ideas for new franchises to do afterwards. You can email us that or any other questions at sequelrights at gmail.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes or Overwatch or whatever, Overcast, wherever you listen to Overwatch. <laughs> or play some Overwatch. You know. While you're playing video games. Yeah, yeah. Go, think of know. us. Absolutely. Uh, and I'd like to thank my brother for the music at the top of the show. And uh, John, thanks again. And we'll see everybody next week for The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Yeah, boy. As the fingers tap, tap, tap into the superhighway Computers tap, tap, tap into each other Your fingers tap, tap, tap into the superhighway And suddenly we're meeting one another